Amen. I love that song. It's called Lamb of Glory. It's one of my favorites. Uh, David has his parents here today from Pennsylvania, and we're excited for them to be here. And uh, he was supposed to sing this morning with his wife, but he's lost his voice. And so I'm going to try to hop in with her here. We're singing a beautiful song. I hope you'll notice the words. It's called His Life for Mine. His heart was broken, mine was mended. He became sin, now I am free.
Thank you again for being here on, on LoveWorks uh, Project Week. And this morning, I have a few things to do. I want you, if you're uh, ready to go into your Bible, go ahead and turn it to Acts chapter 10. And as you turn there, I want to mention just a few things. This is our second Sunday of LoveWorks 2015. And we have some wonderful projects lined up this week in our community to show the love of Jesus to people. And I hope and I pray that you can somehow be a part of at least one of these projects. I know that many of you will be involved in more than one. Uh, we introduced two of the projects last Sunday, and we had all of our envelopes taken. And we're going to introduce this morning a few more. February 9th, which is tomorrow, uh, we're serving lunch to the Caldwell Police Department. And if you'd like to help with that, there's still room on the van, and you can meet at 1220 here February 10th is our diaper drive delivery and cleanup uh, over at uh, Lifeline Crisis Pregnancy Center in Nampa. And does anybody know what time you're meeting for that? I don't have the time on that one. Anybody have a time on that one? One o'clock? Okay, one o'clock on that one. Uh, our next project that I want to introduce is uh, February 11th. And I have got the wrong piece of paper here. Brother James can help me with this. February 11th, our young adults are taking care packages for the homeless, and we have some availability on this. I know all of the young adults are going, but if that sounds like a project you'd like to help with, uh, we do have some seats on the van available, and uh, you're, you can wel you're welcome to drive into town as well, downtown Boise. Uh, if you'd like to help with that, just slip your hand up, and if you want to go with the young adults, and he'll get you an envelope on that. And we're putting care packages together for those who are struggling down in that part of the city. February 12th is a, a wonderful opportunity. And uh, this is serving dinner at the Lighthouse Men's Mission in Nampa. And you're going to meet here at 7 o'clock. Uh, your letter will tell you all the details. We have 13 spots available, and if we have more than that, then you can drive. All of these projects will be on the website. There will also be little sheets that you can get on your way out to know what they all are. But if you could help serve at the mission on Thursday night and participate with the folks over there, just slip your hand up, and let's fill that van up to the glory of God. I know many of you went on this project last year. It was one of your favorite projects uh, that we did and I sure do appreciate this. <laughs> Just keep your head up uh, until it gets to you. And if we run out of those, as I said, we do have little slips of paper that look just like this. And on your way out today, you can grab them from the young gentleman out in the lobby. And then you'll know how to get to that project. All right? You're meeting here. And the project's at 7 o'clock. All right, we still got lots of heads. We're going to run out of envelopes. 
I'm so thankful it went out of envelopes. This is great. Praise the Lord. So excited about that. All right, Friday morning. This is a really cool one. Now, you have to get up early. Um, it's Friday the 13th, but don't let that bother you, okay? Um, you got to be here at 7.30, and we are serving breakfast uh, for the teachers at Caldwell High School. That is really neat. I love this one. We have seven spots available, and then if you'd like to help with the finances on this, uh, or, or help if we run out of envelopes, then please do so on that one. I know this one's during the day, so it's limiting some of you, but maybe it's before you go into work and you could go help for a while. So 7.30 Friday morning, you slip your head up, and we'll get those out to, we're going to the teachers at Caldwell High School, and we need seven people to help with this project. We're taking them some good stuff, right? Got one back here. Okay, anybody else on this one? Got one back here. Thank you, sister back there. But, uh, what do we have? Three more? Three more on this one. Got three more that can help? Got three more? Okay. We'll give those envelopes out in the back to the young guys. And if you, if you can tweak your schedule, maybe go to that one. Then uh, help us out with that one. The final one's Saturday, 10 o'clock. And you'll meet here at the church, 10 a.m. And we're going into Caldwell to some laundry mats and bring all of your quarters with you, okay? We're going to go and pay for some people's laundry and just love on them a little bit and befriend them. And we can take 14 in the van. And so if you'd like to help with that project, and you can't go to any other one because of your work schedule or whatever, just uh, head for this one. It's Saturday. I know we also have mom's group, so that may limit a few of you. But if you'd like to go on that one, uh, even kids could go on this one, and it'd be a wonderful thing to be able to do that and for them to experience that. If you can take your wife and your kids to that or your husband or uh, anybody that would be able to go. Any other hands on that one that I missed or that he missed? Got some back here, Brother James. Back here. Okay. All right. There's, those envelopes will be out there with these slips. And uh, fellas, if you're going to be out there, stand for me so we see who you are. If you're going to be out there with the, the little slips of paper. Okay, right there. Perfect. Okay. Another thing that I wanted to mention to you. Yes, sir. Yeah, if you wanted to go with the young adults, would you just stand if you got one of those envelopes so Brother Justin could see who you are? He's driving them. So, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just meet up down in the front for a second after church. Perfect. Now, next Sunday is Public Servants Day, and we've been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And the reason why we keep talking about it is because we want you to remember. So <laughs> we have given each person, even in your bulletin, a couple more invites to give out this week. And it's only two. It's not that hard. Give it to a friend. Give it to somebody at work. Give it to a neighbor. Give it to a family member. This is a wonderful opportunity to invite a friend or acquaintance even a stranger to church. And we're going to have a great time together. Uh, every one of our invites has to go out this week, though, or they'll be wasted. And we don't really want to waste the Lord's resources. So we do have a couple little stacks left. And if you'd be willing on your way out today to grab just a few extra, that would be terrific. And if you ordered your T-shirt, make sure you pick it up in Discipleship Corner after the service. 
and wear it next Sunday. Maybe you forgot to order this year, or you're out of town, uh, but you have a t-shirt from last year, and go ahead and wear that if you could. It would be terrific. Just uh, as to the excitement of the Sunday. And let's all pray for the service and work together to make it a special time for our public servants. Brother James mentioned that there are still some slots on the sign-up sheets to help with the luncheon that we provide for our special guests. And I sure do appreciate that. Now, in Love Works Week, we also have these little cards for you. And I'm going to challenge you this morning to, to do this. We have tons of these. If you would just take whatever you believe that God would allow you to set a goal as, maybe just one a day, so take five or six, and to say, you know what, I'm going to do something for somebody every day, something little, okay? I'm going to, I'm going to Walmart, I'm going to help a lady carry her groceries out, okay? And I'm going to give her a love works card. She doesn't even have to know your name. She just needs to know Jesus' name. And so that's why on the back of the car we have the website where she can find out about salvation. She can find out about her church ministries. Um, you could help pay for somebody's Dutch Brothers coffee. Okay? And it doesn't have to be me. You could do somebody in the community, right? So um, you could pay for somebody's meal at McDonald's. Or um, if you laid it on your heart, if you got out at the gas station and uh, God touched your heart and said, go pay for those people's gas. These things that you're doing, they don't cost a whole lot of money, but they could make an eternal impact. They could make an eternal impact. Do you know how many times I've heard stories about somebody who helped somebody with a broken down car or with their gas and then was able to lead them to Jesus Christ or to get them involved in a church that would lead people to Jesus Christ. So I'm going to get the young men these as well, and there's more out on the table. And if you want to stop by these guys and just grab about whatever God lets your heart with them. Maybe you want to do two today. All right. Here we go. We are in Acts chapter 10 this morning, and if you're physically able, would you stand? And I'm not going to preach to you a long time this morning. But we're in Acts chapter 10. It's one of the most fascinating histories in all of the Bible about a Roman centurion from the Italian band named Cornelius. Peter goes to his house and preaches to him who Jesus Christ is. And it's a wonderful thing. And we're going to focus on one verse from this passage this morning. But I want to start to read in verse number 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say ye know, which was published throughout all Judea, and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and of Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day, thank the Lord for that, and showed him openly. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. This morning we're going to focus there on verse number 38. And we're going to talk about 
Doing love works this morning because it's Christ-like. Last week we said because it's commanded, because it's Christ-like is a much better reason. And so we're stepping up today. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that we could be here. I thank you so much for the body of believers here at Centennial Baptist. I thank you for the heart for you that is displayed in this church community on a daily basis. And I pray this week that we would go out into our community and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, not for a show of ourselves, but to reflect you and to bring you glory. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Acts 10 is this wonderful testimony of Cornelius, this Roman centurion, who had a deep desire to know God. And so the Lord, in a miraculous way, sent the Apostle Peter. If you've never read the chapter before, you should read it. It's just fascinating. But the Lord sent Peter to deliver to this household the sermon on the gospel. Now, boy, were they ready to hear it. Look at verse number 33. We didn't read this first, but check it out. Immediately, therefore, I said to thee, and thou hast well done, that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. That's the way we should show up for every church service, isn't it? Say, God, we want to hear what you have to say. We're ready. We're focused. Give us a word. And so as Peter describes the gospel to the Italian household, he says in verse 38 that Jesus went about doing good. That is a wonderful description of the life of Jesus. You know, the life of Christ is a model for us. And we've been given a mandate to follow in his footsteps. We saw last week that we do love works because it's commanded. Today, let's see that we do them because it's Christ-like. The notes are provided in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along with us. And let's talk firstly about the power for love works. The power for love works. This passage speaks to me how much I need the power of spirit in my life to serve the Lord. Look, folks, if Jesus Christ, who never sinned, who never gave into one temptation, who always had the right motives, if he needed the power of spirit to fulfill his life mission, then I certainly do. And I would assume that you certainly do as well. We definitely need the Holy Spirit to power us. I'm a sinner with wrong desires, wrong motives, wrong thoughts, wrong words, wrong actions. I can't even begin to do right without the Spirit's influence in my life. And Jesus, it says in verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit's power to accomplish the will of God in his life. Isaiah 61 speaks to this. And turn back to the Old Testament if you went to Isaiah 61. This is one of the most famous prophecies. In fact, Jesus read from this passage in the synagogue. Isaiah 61 Verse number one, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to come all the mourn. Now, the author Luke in the New Testament writes in Luke 4 that Jesus stood in the synagogue and read those words with authority. And the people in the crowd were stunned because of the authority he had when he spoke them. There's something I want you to see, though, in Luke 4 that's amazing uh, about this particular incident. So Luke chapter 4, and we're moving around in the scripture this morning. Luke chapter 4, Jesus stands in the synagogue later down in the passage in verse 16. But I want you to go back to verse number 1. And notice something important. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Do you see that? Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan, where he had been baptized, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, there are a lot of people who paint this picture that Satan laid this trap for Jesus and tempted him in the wilderness. Do you see what that verse just said? He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. He was led there. He was filled with the Spirit. Jesus was going on the offense. He wasn't on the defense. He was going to meet this interaction with Satan himself, and he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. Now, look down at verse number 14. This is after the temptation. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Look down at verse number 21. Jesus had just read the passage we mentioned earlier from Isaiah. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. He said, I'm here. Messiah has come. The Spirit's anointed me. The verse that I just read, it's happening right now. Imagine a prophecy that's over 700 years old that's fulfilled in a room where you're at. The people were amazed, but it was because of the power that he had. So Jesus modeled spirit filling and power. But then he passed this comforter to his followers to continue their works that he had started in the hearts of men. So skip over now to your right to John chapter 14. John 14. As Jesus was speaking to his disciples here, the night before his crucifixion, John 14, verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it is not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Move down to verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Can I remind you that anything that I do or that you do that is not empowered by the Spirit of God is worthless. It's vain. It won't stand the test of time. It won't last. It's not an eternal investment. We have been given the comforter to guide us in our life path. 
enough to guide us in our daily walk to do love works for the cause of Jesus Christ. Let's talk not only, though, about the power for love works, let's talk about the purpose of love works. And it all goes back to Peter's sermon that he spoke in Cornelius' home. Peter described to Cornelius and his family a Jesus that went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now this is a significant statement, and I'll tell you why. Wherever he went, Jesus sought out those with needs. We know that. But he saw more than the pressing need of a withered head or polio, or leprosy, or an issue of blood, or blindness. Jesus, Jesus noticed more than their pressing needs. He knew about their primary need. Luke 19.10 says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. The number one reason he was here was to bring healing from the sickness of sin to deliver sinners from the bondage and oppression of the enemy. His ultimate healing was more than a temporary solution for those that would receive him as Messiah. Do you know all the people that Jesus physically healed went on to die? They did. Every one of them. And what a miracle. He healed that leper and the leper went on to die later. The man with the withered hand or the, the lady with the issue of blood, they all went on to physically die later. But you know, some of them continued to live after they died. And we're going to see them in heaven where they will continue to live forever. Why? Because Jesus met their primary need instead of just their pressing need. And there's a purpose to love works. I'm going to tell you, it's more than giving meals. It's more than paying for laundry. It's more than giving out care packages or interacting with college students or connecting with teachers at a local high school. The purpose to love works is what Jesus said it was. To seek and to save that which was lost. And by these works, by these connections, we are looking for God, the Holy Spirit, to give us divine intersections with people who are searching for satisfaction. People who don't have any hope beyond what this world has to offer. You know, as we go out this week, it's so awesome how God goes before us and opens hearts. God goes before us and when we show up and we hand out something it's just some simple little care package or we do some simple nice thing we begin to see people weep why do they begin to weep? because they have pain and they're searching and they need peace and God has intersected their life with ours at just that moment could I beg of you, don't push away the intersections God gives you with people Amen. at the doctor's office, at the supermarket, at the dentist's office, in the waiting room. Don't push those things away. God has brought that intersection. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart at that moment saying, you're here for this. 
This is why I brought you to this place. Have you ever had a car accident, or maybe one of your kids got hurt, and you went in the waiting room, and you oh, can't believe we have to do this. And you know, God brought you somebody right there just so you could talk to him. God brought you to that place because there was a nurse whose son just passed away, or there was a doctor who just had a family tragedy, or there's a person in the waiting room who's going through a massive divorce, and God sent you to be his hands and his, his voice. And yet so often we miss it because we become distracted by our own cares, by the cares of this world and the foolishness of riches, and the deceitfulness of this earth, that God has a purpose for love works. And the purpose still is to seek and to save that which was lost. You say, Pastor, I thought you told us the highest thing we could ever do is glorify God. You're exactly right. You know what glorifies God when we seek and save that which was lost? That glorifies it more than any other thing. It is the highest form of worship. When we take those connections that he allows us to have, Jesus said it this way on the Sermon on the Mount, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's why we do what we do to make his glory manifest to the world around us. See, the primary need of every human on this earth is to meet the Savior who transcends our civilization, who transcends our culture, who transcends our humanity, and to offer permanent healing through the gospel. Remember when LASIK eye surgery first came out? And you could go in. How many of you have had LASIK eye surgery before? Okay, a few of you. And I watched them do my wife's. Um, with uh, my, the boys were really little. And we sat there and watched it on the screen. And of course, the boys are going, that is cool. I'm going, oh. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Peel back her eye and do all stuff. And he said, you do LASIK and your eyes are going to be good for the rest of your life. Huh. Right? How do you know that even when somebody on earth says it lasts forever, it's just temporary? Do you remember that note she passed you in third grade? I will love you forever. Right? That lasted about ten minutes. Then she moved on to the next puppy love. And you said maybe you said your vows with somebody and forever and ever and ever and it didn't work. You know it does last forever? eternal life because Jesus Christ who is eternal in the heavens who created this earth offers it through his own blood and we have something big we have a purpose that's far beyond ourselves when we go out our works are a result of worship if we have hearts of worship then love works are a natural byproduct not just one week a year, but year-round every year as we continue the path of discipleship. But then let's see the persecutor of love works. Got to mention him. The persecutor of love works. I'll tell you this, the enemy hates good works in the name of Jesus. And he clutches the souls of men to oppress and devour. 
every time we try to do something great as a local church, it seems like the enemy is very active. It seems like we've got all sorts of problems, we've got all sorts of distractions. Paul, not Paul, Peter, told Cornelius in his household, Jesus went about doing good. Do you catch that next phrase there in Acts 10.38? And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The enemy that was active in the days of Peter and Cornelius is active today. He walks about seeking whom he may devour. Notice in 2 Timothy 2 an admonition to those of us who would serve the Lord and who would do good works and love works in our community. You've got to see this. It's such a fascinating admonition to us. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And boy, this is for every one of us. It's for those of us with any different spiritual gift, with any different variants of talent or opportunity. These are for all of us. Look what it says, 2 Timothy 2.24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto 80% of men. But be gentle unto all men. Apt to teach, Patient. Now look at this next verse. In meekness. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. God has a role for us. He wants all of us, no matter who we are, to be meek, patient, gentle, as we connect with our fellow men through love works. Yes, the enemy is actively destroying people's lives. Yes, he is the father of lies, and he is able to transform himself as attractive. God says, even as an angel of light. Yes, he has tricked billions of people through false satisfaction, through hell-sending religions. Sure, the Bible says, one of my favorite verses in 1 John 4, 4, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And boy, if you don't have that one marked in your Bible, you should mark it. And if you don't have that one memorized, you should put it to memory. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What a great promise to the believer who would follow Jesus in doing good and meeting the primary need of men, women, boys, and girls who are under the oppression of sin and Satan, who have been taken captive by him at his will. Second Timothy says in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. You know who the greatest enemy is for most people to becoming a child of God? Themselves. Themselves. Self gets in the way. What I want to do with my life. I'll give my life to Christ later. Or he doesn't have any call on my life. I get to do what I want to do. There's an enemy. He's active. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But then we see this fourth part of the message today. The presence in love works. And I want you to go back with me to one more time, chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. I apologize for my microphone not working. 
but I haven't switched it because last week I did that and the other one didn't work. So it's it's popping out about every 30 seconds and you're missing a few words. Is everybody good? Still with me? Uh, Acts, maybe I'm the only one who's noticing it. Uh, you don't even notice it? Wow, okay. Acts chapter 10. Look at that one more time, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Look at this last phrase. For God was with him. What Jesus said in John 8, it's my favorite phrase in the Bible. He said, I do always those things that please him. I do always those things that please him. Every good work that Jesus did pointed directly to his Father. God became obvious to all that were near God's Son. There's something I want you to see in John 14. As we get ready to close this morning, John 14, we were already there once. But I want to show you another part of this passage. Jesus is headed to the cross the next morning. But first he gives his disciples a promise. There's a famous promise that he gave. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. And Philip said, how can we know the way? And he said, I am the way. The truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but me. If you're without Jesus Christ, that verse is good for you still today. But I want you to see another promise. And this one's almost hard to fathom. Look at John 14, verse number 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Jesus, the very Son of God, full of good works on this earth, gives a guarantee. It's incredible that Jesus promised that his followers would go on not just to do the works that he had done, but to do greater works than he had done on the earth. But his promise was true. The Jerusalem church, led by the Spirit, experienced things that never had happened on the earth. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 new believers were baptized to profess their faith. The church at Antioch began to send missionaries to places where Jesus had never gone in his earthly experience. And it continues today. Jesus won't be going in his own earthly body to serve lunch at the Caldwell Police Department. But he will be present through believers. The hands and feet of Jesus Christ will be expressed in this city and in this county this week. Peter told Cornelius, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Please know this, in every good work you do in Jesus' name, tomorrow, the next day, next week, and next month, as the Lord tells you is coming, in every spirit-led work you do, God is with you.
Jesus gave the great commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And what did he say right after he gave the commission? And lo, I'm with you away. Even unto the end of the world. He's with us. When we go to do what he's asked us to do, he's with us. The presence of God continues to love this world through you. Anytime I read John 14, I'm blown away again by the promise Jesus gave his disciples. The works that I do, you're going to do too. But beyond that, past that, greater works than these. The love works that we do in the name of Jesus this week are the will of God, empowered by God and glorifying to God, and he's with us as we do them. So why should you be involved in love works? Because it's Christ-like. It's Christ-like. It's not just commanded. It's Christ-like. We do it because we want to please him. We do it because we want to glorify our Father, which is in heaven. I know that many of you have already taken on a project, and some of you, just because of your schedule or your work or where your family's at right now or maybe your health, just can't get out to do some of these projects. Would you do this? Would you have a special season of prayer every day for Love Works? Or maybe take a few of those cards and just do something nice that you could do for somebody. Go up on the street and hand somebody a, a stranger a $10 bill with a Love Works card. You do something, right? Everybody could do something this week. And what I like to do today as we close, first of all, uh, when, when we pray, I'm going to invite those who don't know Jesus. I'll give you some instructions to how you can know him. I'd like to invite every believer who says, Pastor, uh, I really want our love works to glorify the Father in heaven this week. I'm going to ask you just to pray with me. And some of you will probably want to come and kneel at the front. And let's just pray as a body of believers today. And ask God to do something amazing that only he could do. This week. So we can go ourselves to a police station and get out sandwiches. We can do that. But God can exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. He's the one that needs to be praised and glorified through this. And so let's ask him to do that. Say, God, would you go far past what we could even think about? Would you transcend our earthly efforts? so that your glory could be openly shown to the people of this city. And they would say, there's something going on in Jesus' name. Let's bow together this morning. I tried to not speak long today because I want to have time for you to come to the altar this morning if you'd like to pray with us about love works. But if you're here without Jesus Christ, could I say this to you this morning with no one looking around? Friend, I, I love you, and Jesus loves you. And I said a verse just a while ago where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. The only way you can get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. If you don't know Christ is your Savior, would you please today on the way out take my hand and say, Pastor, I'd like to know. So I've got to say, Pastor, I'd like to know. And I will have someone take the word of God 
Let's show you in a private counseling room how you can know that. It's the greatest decision you can ever make. Christian, could I encourage you right now to commit uh, to praying and uh, being a part of Love Works and however God leads you. And if you'd like to be part of that commitment prayer at the front, just come on up right now. And we're going to pray together. I'm going to have Brother Dave sing a verse as you come. And then, well, he can't sing. She's going to play. Okay. All right. Play something. As they come to the front. Anybody would like to be a part of the commitment prayer for Love Works, just come right, right on to the front. And we'll pray together. to do something that glorifies the Father. And so we pray that you would do it through us. We pray that we would be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in this community this week. And that you would help us as we go to be mindful of those intersections that you might bring our way. Those relationships that might be formed where a person we meet doesn't even trust you for another six months, but we form that relationship. We make that connection. I pray that you would help us to make connections and to do things in Jesus' name that are worthy of you. I pray above all things that you would be glorified by the people in this room as we do these things this week. God, you're so good to us. We don't deserve to be your servants. So we remain thankful that you would give us the opportunity we remain thankful that you would allow us to be partakers of your labor. Guide us now. Preserve us. Make us holy before you through Jesus Christ. We ask these things in his name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much. Let me mention a couple of